Our second reading for this morning of the scriptures is the first chapter of Luke 5 through 23 and 57 through 66. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now, at that time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine nor strong drink, even before his birth. He will be fulfilled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord of their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteousness and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard 
that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, None of your relatives has this name. And they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for the writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all his, their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, What then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. Here ends the reading of the scriptures for today. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, Zechariah had quite an experience when he went into the temple to do what was required of him as a priest. He went in there to offer incense to the Lord. And lo and behold, the angel Gabriel appeared to him and talked with him about the fact that he and his wife Elizabeth would have a child. Now, this was a very scandalous experience for uh, Zachariah and for his wife and for everybody who knew them. And the Bible is full of scandals. God's manifestation of His will and what He wants us to do with our lives can result in what others see as a scandal. Now, a scandal is an event or circumstance that brings disgrace to a person or to a group of people. Now, scandals usually result in a bad reputation for a person, the person or group of people involved with it. However, the disgrace that follows a scandalous event can be either merited or unmerited. The, scan the, the, the disgrace itself may not be merited, even though the event is considered a scandal. So, Zechariah comes out of the temple and he can't speak. And he'd gone in there uh, to do what God called him to do. He came out, he couldn't speak. It was a, it was a scandal. I mean, why, why couldn't this man talk anymore after coming out of the temple? And of course, what had happened with Zechariah is that he did not believe the message Gabriel had for him. He could not believe that he and Elizabeth would have a child in their old age. And Zechariah was disciplined, punished by Gabriel Gabriel said, you're not going to be able to talk until the child is born. Now, we have to understand, now, now it, uh, this scandal, this uh, disgrace was really merited. I mean, uh, Zachariah should not have had a lack of faith. 
He was a priest. He was a godly man. He should have believed the message, but he didn't. So the uh, disgrace that came to Zechariah was a merited. It was merited disgrace because he, he failed to trust God. He failed to honor God. Now, Elizabeth had never had a child. And that in itself was a scandal. Because it was thought that if a woman was barren, she had sinned or she was evil, or there was just something wrong with this woman because she can't have children. Now, of course, such a disgrace was unmerited. Elizabeth, it was, she had, it was no fault of hers that she couldn't have a child. Uh, and it was wrong, very wrong, for people to condemn her because she was barren. Elizabeth herself speaks of this. Uh, she says, The Lord has done this for me, and these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Now, when John was born, when the baby was born, there was another scandal. Because, you see, the oldest son of, uh, of a couple was to be named after the father. That's just how it was. Or at least uh, named after somebody in the family, some male in the family. And so they were ready to circumcise uh, John, and they assumed that his name was Zachariah. And Elizabeth said, no, no, his name is to be John. So they went to Zechariah, and Zechariah still couldn't talk. And uh, they asked him, and he, he, they gave him a chalkboard, and he wrote on it, his name is John. And then, lo and behold, he could talk again. He could talk again. But this in itself was also a scandal. Because, you know, you don't do this. You don't, you don't give the eldest son in the family any other name than the name of his father. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. Now, when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, another scandal was involved in just the name that she was to give her son. Jesus was not named after his earthly father, Joseph. No, he was given the name that the angel Gabriel told Mary to give the boy. And it's really his Heavenly Father's name, one of the many names that our Heavenly Father has. Jesus means Savior, one who saves his people from their sins. And of course, that's why Jesus came to earth, to save us from our sins, and that's what his name actually means. Now, <clears throat> to save people from their sins, to prove to others that he was the Son of God, Jesus lived a scandalous life. He lived a scandalous life. For example, uh, he told his disciples that it was okay for them to pick grains of wheat on the Sabbath. That was a scandal. You didn't do that kind of thing on the Sabbath. And Jesus was called on the carpet for having done that. He healed the sick. Well, you didn't do any kind of healing the sick on the Sabbath. Again, a scandal. He touched people who were sick with leprosy. He made himself ceremonially unclean. He couldn't go into the temple to worship because he touched a leper. Scandalous. 
he lectured and discredited the Jewish leaders. He called them blind leaders of the blind, hypocrites, a brood of vipers, whitewashed sepulchers. He talked and he ministered to prostitutes. Well, that was like, you call yourself a holy man? You call yourself a preacher of the Lord? And you're doing that? Scandalous. He allowed a woman to anoint his feet with an ointment that cost, the cost of which was a year's wages of, a, of an average Israelite. He sat alone and talked with a Samaritan woman at a well. Now she was ethnically impure. She was a Samaritan. You, don't, you, you know, you don't talk to the Samaritans. But she was also a woman of ill repute. Jesus, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is, this is scandalous. So all these things were looked upon by other people as disgraceful. Uh, and they, they heaped a disgrace upon Jesus. But this disgrace was unfair. It was unmerited. Because the Father, the Heavenly Father, told Jesus to do these things. Jesus was doing what His Heavenly Father told Him to do. Others may have felt, indeed, it was scandalous and, and, and disgraceful, but He was simply doing what his father wanted him to do. The most scandalous thing of all, though, that Jesus, that happened to Jesus is he hung on a cross. He hung on a cross. The people felt that anybody who was crucified was a truly evil, godless person. And Paul, writing to the Galatians, even talks about this. Paul says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. This was the greatest scandal of all. Now again, the disgrace was utterly unmerited. This again was God's, the Father's will for Jesus to hang on that cross. This is how he fulfilled his mission. A mission announced to Joseph uh, before Jesus was born. The angel, the angel said through Joseph's dream, he will save his people from their sins. What Jews and others thought to be the most godless thing that could happen to a person, the most scandalous thing imaginable, was actually the greatest blessing God gave to the world through Jesus. So let's realize that Often what the world considers disgraceful, scandalous, shameful, God may consider most worthy of his commendation. You know, as we share our faith in Jesus, as we live out the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we explain the way of salvation to others, many may feel that we are eccentric, we're just so different, unusual, and indeed scandalous. However, God's commendation falls upon those who are willing to win and build disciples of Jesus Christ, even at the risk of being looked upon with disgrace by those who have chosen to live outside the will of God. Listen to what the Apostle Paul 
told his young friend Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Paul says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires. It will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. Preach the word, Timothy. Do what God calls you to do, whether people like it or not. And in fact, uh, Paul also said to Timothy that all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted for doing so. Will be persecuted. Think about John Wesley, John and Charles Wesley. They were scandalous people. They did scandalous things. They did things that no prim and proper Episcopal priest should ever do. They preached Christ in coal mines. They went into prisons to preach Christ and to help the people. They, they proclaimed Christ in the marketplaces, at crossroads. And such acts were considered scandalous by good, proper religious folks. You know, it is easy for us to compartmentalize Jesus' influence in our lives. It's so easy to push him away, to put him in a closet, when we just don't want his influence, his presence in our lives. At times, we simply want to do our own thing instead of his will. You see, it's those actions, it's that life, kind of lifestyle that is scandalous in God's eyes. Scandalous in the very worst evil way. So we've got to ask ourselves, would we rather be looked upon with disgrace by God or by the people around us? The Apostle Paul said to the church in Galatia, Am I now seeking human approval or God's approval? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still pleasing people, I would not be a servant of Christ. You see, Jesus crossed the line of what others considered scandalous. May we be willing to do the same. Obey God and please God, even if other people around us think it's disgraceful. May we always live to please God and not be disgraceful in His eyes or scandalous in His eyes, even if we displease the people around us. We've got to do the will of God, whether others think it's scandalous or not. Amen? Amen.